Uh, my name is Will Barber, and I am the new campus minister here. Um, oh man, that's gonna. Oh gosh, thank you, thank you. I promise I wasn't waiting for an applause. That's not what that was. Um, wow, just gonna. There you go. All right, y'all can hear me. We're good. Um, yeah, thanks a lot for coming to REF tonight. Um, yeah, it seems like I guess it was ten years ago. I was a freshman sitting in a lot of your spots, and um, yeah, Arya transformed my life, so I hope that the same can be true of you um, as you sit here, but thanks a lot for coming, eating dinner with us, it was a great time, and yeah, so let's, oh, I wanted to say before I start, my job as the REF Campus Minister is to be here for you, so whatever that looks like, whether that's going to PALS to, you know, um, feel eat or whatever it is, or uh, I can maybe help you write a paper or something, or go play spike ball, not as intense spike ball, um, whatever it is, like, please hit me up, like, I want to know you, I want to um, be there for you, so, um, with that said, let's read our scripture verse for the night, and it's from Philippians 1, it's on your screen, um, and yeah, this is God's word for us today, Philippians 1, 1 through 2. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. So let's pray together. Our Father, our God, you're so kind to us in Jesus. And so we pray that tonight you would press the reality of your grace and of your peace deeper into us. Tonight, would you do that? Amen. So I have a friend who used to work for Crew, if you've heard of Crew, um, at Vanderbilt. And when he was in his first week, he met some students, and he met these two kind of Jonathan, you know, S guys, kind of like buffer dudes, um, <laughs> and uh, so he met these guys, and they seemed really interested in crew, and so he's like, oh, this is great, like, let's get coffee sometime, I can tell you more about crew, and so they uh, met and had coffee, and at one point, you know, in the conversation, he like asked, or they asked, like, what's crew about, or, you know, what do y'all do, and so he just like pulls out his Bible and starts like explaining the gospel and just like you know, Jesus is, has saved us, and this is who we are, and he notices that all these guys kind of have, like, blank looks on their face, and they're kind of confused, and he's like, um, are y'all okay? Like, is something wrong? And they're like, is this not the rowing club? <laughs> they thought that it was C-R-E-W, not C-R-U, um, and they were confused, and so maybe you're, find yourself here, and you're like, what is RUF? What are we doing here? Is it rough? Is this like a dog club thing? Um, I don't know. Um, but if, you, if that is the case, then thank you for being here. Um, you, can, you can leave if you want, like no, no judgment, um, but please stay. But I thought, I thought that tonight would just be a good opportunity to just kind of explain what RUF is. Like, why are we here? What are we doing here? And this passage actually is a great opportunity to do that. Um, because it talks about RUF, or the church, as RUF is an arm of the church. RUF is a place where we hope you experience grace and peace from Jesus that forms you into a servant. So we hope that you experience your grace, and we hope you experience peace 
and we hope that that forms you to be a servant. And so it's just three points tonight, grace, peace, and servanthood. What does that look like? So first, grace. What is grace? You might have heard of the church down the road, the big church called Grace, or, you know, met some people named Grace, but well, what really is Grace? I, uh, I met a pastor in South America. I studied abroad when I was in college in Ecuador, and one of the pastors there had a really helpful explanation of grace. He said, justice is when you get punished for what you deserve. Mercy is when you don't get punished for what you deserve. And grace is when you get rewarded even though you deserve punishment. Grace is when you get rewarded even though you deserve punishment. And all of this grace that's talked about here and all of the grace that we talk about in RUF is rooted in the self-giving love of Jesus. And it's so backwards to us, right? This is backwards from the way that you go to work every day and you get rewarded on a meritocracy based on, on how much work you do or school. You get rewarded based on how well you do on a test. So it's, it's kind of hard for us to grasp what grace is. But this whole good news, this whole gospel that's here in front of us that we're going to be talking about over and over again um, at RUF, that this gospel that we believe isn't just the ABCs of the Christian life, but it's the A to Z of the Christian life. It's all based on grace. It's all based on this unmerited favor from God. And, and I think one helpful way to talk about grace is actually looking at something we sang a lot about earlier that might have kind of confused you or you might have been scratching your head at, and that is blood. I don't know if, you, if this sunk in earlier. Sometimes we can sing these songs and um, they can just kind of, you know, we've heard them so many times, but there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Like imagine what that would smell like. Imagine the grotesqueness of that, the flies swarming around it. Like, like it's a really intense image. Um, or being washed in Jesus' blood. Like what is this all about? Um, and why do we need this blood? And, and I think the most helpful way to, to view that is that blood in its essence is the very life of a person, right? The blood of something. In the Old Testament, we saw how Moses, one of the leaders of the church in that day, killed an animal, a lamb, and he would sprinkle that blood on the people, showing them that their sins were forgiven because something had been slaughtered in their place. The punishment that they deserved was put onto this lamb that was then sprinkled onto them in this way that says, my life for yours, my life is given out, literally poured out to the very end for you. And that's Jesus on the cross. That's Jesus as the lamb of God who goes to the cross for us. That's what the cross is. And I don't know if I was, if you were like me, rather, and you're sitting here and you've maybe grown up in church and you've, you know, you've spent a lot of Sundays looking at a cross, but you've kind of wondered what the cross is really about. Um, and so here at RUF, that's something that we talk about a lot and go back to again and again. Um, we like to say that for every one look you take at yourself, you should take 10 at the cross, especially for every one look you take of your sin and your guilt and your shame, because that's where, that's what the cross dealt with, right? That's what the cross was for. So um, let me just give you a little picture of this. I'm actually an uncle of four people, if you believe it or not. Um, I grew up, yeah, I grew up um, basically as an older, only child. My sisters had already um, gone out of the house and got married and all that when I was born. Um, or not right when I was born, but, you know, soon after. Um, so I'm closer in age to my, my nieces and my one nephew, but one of my nieces, her name is Madison. She is a sophomore in college now. But I remember when she was three years old and um, she had just got potty trained. So she was three years old and 
she had gone like three weeks without going in her diaper. And so, yeah, so we're like, this is the moment I go with my sister. We're in Walmart. We're picking out her beautiful princess panties. I mean, these things were amazing. They had Jasmine, Cinderella, Belle, like they, we got the, you know, the, the five pack or whatever, all princesses. And so my sister, Lisa, she was so excited to put these princess panties on Madison. So she literally does it in the store. Like she goes, she goes to the bathroom and she's like, here's your princess panties. And like, yay. And so Madison was kind of a mischievous child. Like I remember I would try to sing her to sleep and she'd be the kind of kid that would literally just stand in the bed and just like stare at me. <laughs> um, so that's kind of who we're working with here. Um, Madison, about five minutes into wearing her princess panties, just gets this like mischievous smile on her face. And we're like, oh no. Madison had dropped an atomic bomb in her princess panties. <laughs> just completely slaughtered them and and the smell was starting to just infect all of walmart um like the employees were going around like with their hazmat suits on like where is she we got to get her out of here um and and lisa right my sister who had been trying for three months or longer but like had been hoping for three months that madison would finally be body trained like this is the moment where you look at your sister and you're like, oh crap, what are you gonna do right now? <laughs> like you have a lot of choices and there's not a lot of good options. I expected Lisa to just like blow up at Madison in Walmart, which she probably would have been justified at doing. Um, and of course Madison, you know, she has this mischievous st- smile and she's looking at, at my sister. And once she realizes like what my sister might do, right? She's kind of like cowering in fear and just like melting on the floor in Walmart. But my sister, instead of yelling at Madison, instead of scolding her, she just starts laughing. She just starts laughing, and she goes up, and she gives Madison a hug, and and it was kind of, her hands were kind of carefully placed. She didn't go too far down, but there was a hug, and she just said, it's okay. It's okay, baby. Probably all of us at one time or another over the course of this year, or you can look back maybe over the course of the summer, you have or you are going to poop all over your princess panties. (laughs) Like, it's just going to happen at some point this year. And I hope that you know that when that happens this year, whether you fail that big test that you've been studying for so hard, or whether you really, in a more serious note, fail a friend that has really been counting on you, or maybe in a more, even more serious note, you fail God. Maybe you turn your back on him or you consciously say, this is not a part of my life that you can speak into. And when you realize what you've done, when you see the filth that you've made, I hope that you know that you have a God who runs to you, who even laughs with you, who embraces you. We see this in Luke 15, the story of the prodigal son, as the father has spent months away from his son as his son has completely wrecked a third of his income has has ruined him basically has pretty much said i wish you were as good as dead as he says give me the inheritance that's coming to me and then what does the father do when he sees the son a long way off he runs to him he runs to him he he hugs him he embraces him he kisses him he throws him a, a party that's the kind of grace of the kind of god that we serve so grace that's what we're all about in RUF. And this grace always results in a peace that we personally get and that we personally experience. So this word peace, you probably think of it meaning like the end of a struggle, right? You think maybe if you're a Latin major, the Pax Romana, the, uh, the, that there was this time where there's no war, right? 
And we can apply that to ourselves as there's kind of this end of a war within us as God um, starts to silence that within us. Um, But it also means shalom in its most fullest sense. And this word shalom um, for peace means a complete spiritual and physical well-being, a wholeness or even uh, delight. Because we know that, that God created this world to be this fabric that was completely interdependent, right, with each other and kind of completely whole, that it was woven together, meant to fit like that a thousand piece puzzle that you finally get the last piece and it sticks perfectly. And we learn in the Bible that when we're in Christ, we're new creations, right? The old is gone, the new has come. I was just talking to um, someone about Johnson City and how the last time I came here, like you did not go into downtown Johnson City. It was not a safe place. Um, You know, if you wanted to get shanked, that's where you went, but that was about it. Um, But now look at downtown. Like there's all these new buildings popping up. There's restaurants, it's lively. That's the kind of renovation that's going on inside of you if you're a believer. That God is renovating you. That the dark corners of your heart, he's starting to put light on. He's starting to decorate, if you will. And so as that's starting to happen, as we're being woven back together, as the broken parts of us, whether we're broken sexually or just broken by our own pride, our own selfishness, the ways that we've hurt other people and experienced that kind of brokenness and been the product of that kind of brokenness, God is starting to weave that all together and give us a peace that transcends understanding. I remember when I was a freshman going to RUF, I went to UNC Chapel Hill, and um, yeah, go Heels. Um, Beat those cocks, didn't they? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I just remember I was going to RUF freshman year, but I was also involved in all these other things, and they were great things. Like, I was leading tours um, as an admissions ambassador, and I was you know, going and I was in a Christian acapella group called Psalm 100. Um, good times. Uh, but I was doing all these things and they were all great things. But the reason I was doing them was the problem. I was doing them because I wanted to prove myself, not just to everyone around me, but also to myself. I had this standard that I wanted to hit and by golly, I was going to hit it. If it was the last thing I did, I was going to reach that level of success that I wanted and I was going to do whatever it took to get there. So I was at the end of my freshman year and I'm meeting with my campus minister at the time, Daniel Mason. And I just said, so Daniel, um, I'm ready to lead a Bible study next year. You know, I know you've been waiting for me um, and my superior biblical knowledge. Um, I don't know how you've been making it without me. I didn't say all those things, but that's what was going on in my mind. And Daniel just looked at me and he said, Will, you're not leading a Bible study next year. You have to learn how to rest. And for whatever reason, that moment, it was literally like I'd been carrying like 25 pounds of books on my back and the backpack, just the straps were cut and I was free. I was free for some reason. All the, all the things that, um, that Daniel had been saying in RUF about the cross and about your identity being in Christ and what he has done and not what you do, that all was finally hitting me in that moment. And I just remember after that, I went to this quad at UNC and literally just laid on the grass and, uh, and just, like, looked up for two hours, which, like, you don't do what you and see. Um, just do nothing. Like, you don't do that. And so the gospel, Jesus, it was starting to change my heart and allow me to rest. Allow me to rest in what Jesus had done. Allow me to rest in his love for me that was so much greater than these idols of success and of performance that I was chasing. So the gospel gives us peace. And maybe 
you find yourself on the treadmill tonight, whether you're a freshman or a senior. Maybe you feel like you're working harder and harder and harder, but you're getting nowhere. And as you try to meet the expectations of yourself or of your parents or of the people around you, the stress is just starting to crush you. And I hope that you know that tonight Jesus is inviting you to rest in your identity in him. That's not dependent on your grades. That's not dependent on what you're involved in or where you go after here. That it's completely steady and firm and resting completely in him. That the best thing that could possibly happen to you if you're a Christian has already happened to you as you've been united to Christ. So the gospel gives us peace. And and finally, the gospel allows us to serve. And that's what we're all about here in RUF. Um, I loved having Barbaritos with you out there. That was really fun. I think that's maybe the second time I've had it, and it was great. Um, we'll have to have it again. Also, Barbaritos. I think we could do something there. I don't know. Um, but, uh, but I just want you to imagine that President Nolan came to Barbaritos tonight and was, like, trying to put a napkin in your lap and, like, asking you, oh, do you want some more? Like, please, let me get that for you. And maybe, like, at the end, he pulls out, like, a nice, cold, like, bottle of, you know, Dr. Enough and, like, pours it, you know, into, into nice glasses and, and gives it to you. Like, I'm guessing you'd feel kind of awkward in that moment. Of like, why are you doing this? Like, this feels weird. I don't really know you. Um, but you'd also probably feel kind of honored at the same time. Well, Jesus, on his last night on earth, even though he was the president of the world, decided to serve his friends. He put on the the waiter's garment and chose to wait on his best friends, one of whom was going to literally stab him in the back later that night. That's how Jesus decided to spend his last meal. And I hope that the more that we look at Jesus, that you look at Jesus and that I look at Jesus, and we see that Jesus is the kind of person who pours out literally his very life for us, that becomes the lamb who goes to the cross That becomes the servant who serves us when he's the one who deserves to be served. That becomes nothing so that in him we could have everything. That the more we see Jesus, the more we would want to look away from ourselves and look towards others. Look towards the people who are hurting on this campus. The people who are depressed and lonely on this campus. The people who are thinking about harming themselves because they really just want some way to feel like they're alive and they don't feel like there's anyone around that makes them feel that way. So that's the Jesus we serve who literally has poured out his life for us and now invites us to pour out our lives for others. That's the grace that I hope you find at RUF, the peace that I hope you experience and the servants that I hope you become. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for dying for us. It feels surreal to even think that, God, that you would become man, that you would become a baby (laughs) that pooped his pants um, for us, Lord. Um, We love you so much, and I pray that wherever we are tonight, that we would know that you meet us right where we are, not where we should be, and you embrace us with your love and grace and peace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing our last song together.